And I, for one, welcome our new gentlemen, overlords. Who? 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 Now that's a team I can work with. I love it. I love bringing people together. How we doing? Hey everybody, welcome to the Gentleman Overlords. It's me, Andrew, joined with me as always with my two bros. I'm Max. I'm Robert. And the three of us, when combined, make the Gentleman Overlords podcast. How's it going, guys? (laughs) It's going so good with our powers combined. Yeah, we we become a podcast. (laughs) It it takes a very special formula. I know a lot of people think that it just takes like pressing record to make a podcast, but it really takes uh, a lot of love. Yeah, that's, that's, the secret that's what's happening here. That's right, um, guys. How's it's uh it's is it when it's Wednesday, right? Yeah, it's Wednesday. <laughs> I, it's hard. Like I know the I'm the like, it. The fucking corny joke is that like every day feels like the same, but like there are days where I'm just like, what, what day am I existing in? But it's Wednesday. How's your Wednesdays going? Uh, so, so busy with work, but that's about it. Better than last Wednesday, better than whatever's going on with Rob's microphone. Huh? What's going on with it? (laughs) I don't know. Rob, Rob, how's your Wednesday going? Oh, uh, good. Hey, man, hump day. You know what I mean? Hey, <laughs> good point, Rob. Um, there, there are no days of the week, but somehow this is the middle. That's right. Uh, speaking of hump day, why don't we get into some movies we've seen, huh? Don't you forget about me. Look my way, girl. Something breakfast. Movies we've seen. <laughs> okay. Hump Day was a movie, wasn't it? I don't remember. Oh, I thought you were talking about like sexy movies. I mean, yeah, that those there's those there's those Hump Day movies, but also I thought there was like a like one of those like Matt Walsh type movies from like a couple years ago that was called Hump Day. Maybe I'm making it up, but the sequel to Hall Pass. Correct, yeah, the sequel to Hall Pass. Um guys, what movies have you seen recently? Nothing for me. Wow. Yeah, big old blank. I saw a movie called Goose Egg. <laughs> Goose Egg. Um wow, really, really throwing the baton. Um <laughs> Go for it, Rob. I watched, since we were last together, I watched, um, there was like a 30 hour long, or 30 something hour long um, Star Wars Day Marathon on May the 4th. Um, uh, Griffin Newman from Blank Jack Podcast um, was doing that with um, a bunch of other uh, comedians and people dropping by, and he was, the whole time he was dressed as Watto. Um so they were having the movies timers up so you could kind of sync it up. So I was kind of going in and out of that. It was really fun to watch. Um, I also watched um, Nausicaa and the Valley of the Wind. Um, great, great anime movie. Seen that one uh, a bunch of times. It's, um, I don't know, it feels like a little bit longer than some of the other um Miyazaki entries, but I still really like it. It's really beautiful. It's a little bit earlier entry. Um, and let's see. Oh, I also watched uh, Tombstone twice. You watched Tombstone twice. Yeah, I know. Is that like... the sequel to Tombstone? <laughs> yeah. Tombstone twice. You watched? Uh, no, you I watched, watched it for because uh, the Doughboys. Um, watched yes. it for one of their episodes but why did you watch it two times well because um we i had ended up watching it with jamie um like over two nights um just ourselves it was like you know earlier i was like over like a weekend i think and then they ended up on the um the dose cord um that you can that you can access um people decided to do like a watch along and um, uh, or allegedly and and also legally, so we we watched Stone together. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, 
you can neither confirm nor deny that that happened on the Doe's Court, correct? No. In fact, maybe I maybe I, I completely uh, misremembered that. Oh, yeah, it was a um, memory. Either way, it was very fun. Um, and uh, we similarly watched, uh, may, allegedly may have watched Starship Troopers the same way. So how about that? That's interesting. The, the, I, it's, it's wild to me that these are almost false, maybe not memories that you're having, but that's, I mean, that's just how things go, right? It is. But it is. And, and who knows, maybe it's possible that um, uh, we're also watching uh, Tommy Boy this Friday. Who knows? It's, anything goes, you know? <laughs> it's hard to know at this point. Yeah. Um, and then I think the last thing I'll mention for movies is um, I finally watched uh, Train to Busan. What is that, that? The, is that the is that it's a it's a zombie movie, right? It's a, it's a zombie movie um and it's man, it was so cool. I it was on my list forever and I'm kind of mad at myself for like waiting so long. I just wanted to be in the right mood, but it was really really great. I loved the concept of people speeding on this train like the moment kind of everything starts to break out and kind of like how you would navigate, especially like how you would navigate the train with zombies, but the zombies are particularly like they're pretty creepy. Like their eyes are clouded over and they're very like kind of snappy and kind of like kind of alert, like quick lurchy. And they when you get infected, it's very fast. Um, I don't want to give out away some plot points of of like the world and like the zombies and stuff, but um yeah, I was I I couldn't believe I slept on that. I would definitely recommend, and I don't think it's like too, too scary. I feel like it's pretty standard zombie fare. Um, I would really recommend uh, people check that out. Where did you watch that on? I think it's still on Netflix right now. Okay. Yeah. Um, Similarly to Max, I also didn't watch any movies, but Max, you did send in the chat Mm -hmm. a photo of Hump Day. It was (laughs) a Mark Duplass movie, so I was wrong on the uh, Matt Walsh, but... um, Written and directed by a for- my former neighbor, Lynn Sheldon. Oh, hey. Hey. Shout out. Shout, Shout out. out to Sheldon. Yeah, Lynn Sheldon, I know you're listening. Uh, in the, you were in the proximity of me for a uh, number of months, and uh, then you uh, rented your house out to Airbnb, and I never saw you again, so... Um, <laughs> uh, I, wow. Yeah, so shout out to you and uh, your movie, Hump Day. That's a shout out from me, your former neighbor. Um, well, since I didn't see any movies, let's move into some TV shows we've seen. <laughs> TV shows we've seen. We've seen. Um, Max, have you seen any TV? I've uh, been watching more Silicon Valley on season four, or damn it, on season six, <laughs> but. <laughs> Haven't finished haven't finished the series quite yet. It it gets pretty ridiculous in some of the later seasons, but it still remains pretty fun. Uh, I've also watched some like caught up on what we do in shadows. Uh, that one's going pretty well. I think some of the earlier episodes this season were were a little stronger than the later ones, but but still fun. This is we're in season, also, you're in season two right now, right? That's the current one. I think so. Yeah. Then, yeah. Yes, <clears throat> that's the season I'm in. Uh, I also watched McMillions. Yeah, what'd you think of that? I, I, we finished McMillions a couple weeks ago. Oh, cool. I think it's interesting. <laughs> I think some of it gets a little bit drawn out. Like they do kind of the the Dragon Ball uh, next time on at the end of every single episode. <laughs> they, they pull out some like who who really did this and then they uh in the next thing they kind of throw it away immediately in the first couple minutes like either oh it was them just kidding it wasn't uh whatever they'll, they'll just kind of like toss it away they but they always have a cliffhanger even yeah. though it, it doesn't usually pay off so yeah some of them uh, are like also Ronald like reaches full power level <laughs> <laughs> some of them like very like uh, you know clickbait is the wrong word but like you know it's like very much like it the drama of how the episode ends compared to when they continue the story in the next episode, it doesn't, yeah, it really doesn't like match up in terms of like, Oh my God, I can't like what, what happened there? And then it's just like, Oh, and this happened. And then we moved on. It was like, Oh, okay. Well, and then it didn't help that, uh, one of the episodes was called Jerry's alive. (laughs) 
<laughs> it was called Goku's what? Alive? Oh, oh. Yeah. Um, I Another thing is, like, by the end of it, I was pretty upset with how light some people got off. Yeah. No. It it was pretty awful. Um, In the American especially... justice system, someone got off light? <laughs> and this, Just especially because... considering how hard I played that sometimes. It, it just is be, because it's white collar crime and because I, I don't know. I, it's, it's just really upsetting that some people get, you know, 10 to 15 years for, for having weed on them or something. These guys steal hundreds of thousands, right? Or if you, if you just walked into a store, picked up something and took it out, you'd probably get more time than these people who were like, you know, a million intentionally stole millions of dollars and hundreds of thousands of dollars from like innocent people. And then there's Uh that one guy who, who kept like playing the high ground, like, Oh, I only took 20 mil, like or 200,000 or something like that. And then I called it quits. I said, no more as (laughs) if like that's some moral high ground. I did like, yeah, he very, he introduced himself as a very altruistic, like I stopped myself at this point. So, you know, like I, I'm one of the good guys and it's like, Mm -hmm. you still stole, Okay. Yeah. And not like I really care too much about uh, McDonald's losing the money. It just seems kind of crappy for the people who uh, went out trying to win that. I mean, you should know that you don't really have a chance, but having absolutely zero chance uh, and the fact that that's going on and McDonald's is still raking in way more than that one million just in people gambling essentially by going to their uh their establishment in order to maybe win a prize right that's my favorite kind of gambling though (laughs) burgers yeah yeah i mean no matter what no matter what i win yeah that's true um let's see and then the other thing that i watched was a couple episodes of snl at home which is not something that I could recommend. Um, <laughs> it's probably about as good as uh, Gentleman Overlords at home. <laughs> <laughs> We're on the same level as SNL, finally. Yeah, New York, here we come. Wait, let's wait. Let's wait a little bit before we go to New York. <laughs> um, I didn't know they were still doing SNL right now. Yeah, they're, they they. Um, they switched over to doing all uh, at home stuff. So what? Like, what and is it? Like, what's the format? It, I think Lauren. It's a good question. Well, Lauren called them and was like, "Get your mansions ready. We're doing SNL from home." <laughs> <laughs> I, I, they, I, aren't they just like? Aren't they just like doing like pitched sketches? Like, aren't people still writing stuff for them? But they're just kind of doing it to their camera. Uh. Y- I mean, it's weird. They're doing a lot of the same stuff. They're still doing Weekend Update, and it kind of changes a bit. Um, Are like, they designing their own costumes? Yeah, essentially stuff from around the house. They have to do costumes and makeup. Um, and so Luckily, those people live, live in their house with them to do it. So, uh, This is a question. I, I, I mean, I know people are like, really, they want content. They want something that kind of feels nice. But like, is that something people want? I don't know. Uh, no. You know, like, wouldn't, wouldn't it be... <laughs> doesn't seem like it. Like, there is, what, 40-plus years of, like, of, like, usable sketches? Like, can they, can't they just, like, put together, like, best-ofs and, like, just say, like, hey, you know, like, everybody, you know, like, they're doing it from home, right? So, like, they are staying home. But it would, like, it would, like end the streak. They wouldn't be able to say that they didn't stop or something, so... SNL's Cal Ripken, like streak of never not showing up like uh-huh. who cares like i i i are, like without uh, illegal drugs <laughs> it's just like i i guess like maybe it's a contract with nbc where they are requiring them to like put out new new episodes or something but like i don't know like it just is that like it's the same thing like i'm watching you know like wrestling right now is doing shows in front of no crowds and it's just these like some of them are fine but most of them are kind of boring and it's just like, do people 
do people want this or like would they just rather watch like highlights of stuff where like crowds were there and then when like people are able to congregate again however long that takes like then we can do this they'll be desperate to laugh but i think i think people are always able to watch that stuff so if they wanted to watch it that's what they would be watching i think there's something to it being current sure uh like you're you're living through all of this stuff they are too and they're kind of talking to it they end up doing too many uh zoom meeting sketches i think uh <laughs> but they also you have end to up stay do- on the pulse of uh pop culture yeah well, they they've, they've actually many- done they've actually done sketches based on zoom meetings multiple times multiple times of course yeah oh <sighs> And then they've had multiple Pete Davidson raps. Uh, I think they're trying to figure out what to do with all of this. And sometimes they hit it. I think Aidy Bryant has been the uh, the star of the whole thing. She's really been doing a good job. Uh, and there have been some sketches here and there that are pretty good. Carl Mooney's been doing a decent one where uh, he's created kind of a sitcom with a bunch of characters that are all him. And just like cut together of him dressed in a different outfit and saying something to, you know, blank space that he'll he'll put himself into. And it's it's not really, uh, you know, the the greatest editing quality where you can see the line in between uh, the two characters where the camera wasn't set up in the exact same position. But uh, it's at least an interesting way to do uh, the sketches. Hmm. Mm-hmm. I retract what I said. I take it back. I feel bad for I mean, ever questioning Lorne, and uh, I'm sorry. Lorne, Lorne, I'm sorry. It's a good question, and I think a lot of people ask that when they're watching it. Hey, is this necessary? I think there's there's some uh, audience for it, and so they're they're making it for that audience. I think they're also making it so they have something to do. Sure. So, so they don't go stir-crazy in their small New York apartments. Yeah, that's fair. Well, but to be fair, some of them have big mansions. Yeah, yeah. come on, Max. Let's let's True. be nice to the millionaires in the show. They also have nice houses. Probably calling yeah. Jost. Oh yeah. Ever been to the Hamptons? <laughs> uh, Max, is that it for TV for you? Yeah, that's it. Okay, Rob, have you seen any TV? Uh just um, more of the more of like a stream on in the background that was playing a new, um, or at least I think it's a new er, TLC show called, uh, smothered, which is, um, uh, women that have like very intensely close relationships with their mothers. And it's, uh, it's, uh, real wild, real wild stuff. In, in smothered, do they like capitalize mother inside of it? Max, lowercase you better believe that's what they do. <laughs> nice. <laughs> it says mothered, and then the S sneaks up on it. It's got the whole, it's the. Yeah, it's exactly what you picture. Perfect. At least they're doing it right. Nailed it. Despite mm-hmm. being a, a fun show, I think really missed the ball with not having anything to do with nails or carpentry. Um, yeah, it's it's something else. I'm trying to think of the the weirdest example. But it's all it's all just kind of crazy. The mom would buy outfits for her daughter exactly the same. Like she would just buy two of everything because they would so they would dress exactly like. And then then the daughter plans on doing the same thing for her her daughter that she's gonna have. Um, and um, yeah, everyone's just very uh, like intense. <laughs> it's it's a lot. Does it feel exploitative? I feel like a lot of those um, reality shows. You know, of course, uh, of course, there's a a level of manufactured like you can tell when they like stretch out a storyline or they're like, we're sending you to this, you know, thing. And then when you get back, we're going to be there to film. It's so funny to me when, um, oh, you know, they're they're one of the more ridiculous ones. The um, there's the fan, this one family's daughter went on a date with a guy and then the mom and the Snoopy older sister like go into her phone and then like follow her to the or get to the bowling alley before she gets there and like go upstairs to like spy on her. And I'm like, there's no way that like this, that, like she's part of this family. They're being filmed and have cameras running around. So there's no way she doesn't come to this bowling alley and see like this whole 
the light setup and cameras and things upstairs. There's just no way. But the whole thing was was so ridiculous. It was it was too much. My brain's melting. It's bad. <laughs> Feel ya. Anything else, Rob? No, that's it for TV. Okay. Um, I watched a show on Prime called Upload with uh, Robbie Amell, which I liked. It's about like in the like when you die. It's it takes place in like twenty. Yeah, it looked good. It looked good. Placey the the ad I saw. It's a little good. Placey. It's like when you die, you have the option of either like just dying and going to like you know whatever like actual heaven or hell if that exists but like you also have the option to like sort of lease out your afterlife to like uh like a data company and they kind of put you in this like digital heaven and so it's this like thing where uh robbie amell's girlfriend decides to put him in this digital afterlife and it's it's sort of a you know commentary on like apps so like you can upgrade your your experience by like buying certain foods or you have to like you know or you can just have like these very plain uh meals and but like you know if you mm-hmm. if you pay 2.99 more you can get this extra meal or something and so they're kind of playing around with that he himself is an app devel- app developer and he was developing this thing that was going to change the game and then he is sort of mysteriously killed so there's some mystery revolving around his death and who was oh. involved with it so it it turns out to be like it's it's a little good placey to start and at times it's 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 silly and kind of goofy and then at times it's also like dealing with like a, a murder mystery and and intrigue and things like that so i i liked it i think it's pretty well paced it's uh greg daniels who is the creator of the of the office did it doesn't really feel like the office but yeah i liked it i thought it was pretty good it's on amazon prime <laughs> How about that? Um, the the finale it ends in a very, in incon- like, unsatisfying, inconclusive way that like my wife was very upset with when it ended. But um, other than that, I I I really enjoyed the season quite a bit. So these are all real world bucks that you're earning through in your day to day life. Yeah, and it's then like in, the, in the same once way you that, get to the, yeah, like once you, you get to the afterlife, you just cash out, right? Um, so it, it sort of depends on like, I guess like, so he is at the end of his life, he's sort of coasting on like his, his girlfriend's family is very rich. And so she is the one who ends up paying for his ability to go to this afterlife. It's sort of like a, like your family ends up paying for your funeral type of thing. So like either like his mom isn't very well off, so she could afford like one of the, lower tiered afterlifes or like his girlfriend's family's very rich. So he's able to go to one of the higher end afterlifes. But then like she, like she is in charge of his purchases. So like he doesn't really feel like he has any sort of liberties to do anything because all the, all the money is tied to her and she's kind of keeping track of what he's spending and things like that. So yeah, it's, it has some, has some goofiness to it, but it sounds gross. I bet my actual hell is something like that. <laughs> it's, I mean, it, it it's very dystopian in the way that, like, you know, there's, like, there are, like, people who are ads. When you're, like, walking around in this heaven, there's somebody who's, like, trying to sell you gum and somebody who's trying to sell you this. And so, like, I, I do think your hell looks something like what they're doing, Max. Ouch. Yeah. Ouch. Can you imagine buying into that? <laughs> uh, and then the other show I'm watching, I, I started rewatching New Girl recently, and I am enjoying it. Like I, I enjoyed New Girl the first time through. I think I'm enjoying it a lot more this time around. And um, I, yeah, I really like the show. Have either of you seen New Girl before? Yeah, I watched it uh, quite a while ago, and I've kind of been thinking I should go go back and rewatch it because. Now I'm seeing all those actors in, in other things too. Yeah. Uh, like um, Stumptown when it was on. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's it's funny to like see. I mean, obviously Nick Miller and Gray is his character's name in Stumptown. Yeah. Like they share qualities, but the, you know, obviously Nick Miller is this like hyper realized, like cartoony version of a person. 
like gray is not going to like awkwardly moonwalk out of a room like Nick Miller does. Um, uh-huh. But uh, you know, just like the, the things that they share in common as characters is always pretty interesting to watch. Yeah. But yeah, I, and then I'll, Oh, go ahead. Also the, the uh, oh, I forget his name. So Max Greenfield, uh-huh. Schmidt, Schmidt. That's right. Schmidt. And he was also in Veronica Mars, which I watched after that, even though it probably came out before. Yeah, yeah. It's it's funny, you know, like, obviously they've all kind of gone on to do various different things. I was thinking about it, watching it earlier, that, like, this is sort of, like, the role of a lifetime for, like, all of them, whereas, like, in, you know, in, like, certain shows, you're, like, you can see, like, this is sort of the role of a lifetime for, like, a character or an actor in it. And, like, mm-hmm. in in this show, like, it's all of their roles of a lifetime. Like Max Greenfield is sort of born to play Schmidt and um, Jake Johnson is sort of suited perfectly for Nick Miller, Winston in, you know, Lamorne Morris, same thing. Like they're just all Jessica Day and Zoe Deschanel. Like they all, like they all play these characters that they're sort of, it feels like they were just sort of born to play. And I don't know. I'm, I'm really enjoying it watching it again. Oh, good. Yeah. All right, well, that will do it for those segments, and let's get into the movie we watched for this week's episode. It is Tom Popo. This shit right here for my oodles and oodles, babies. So, uh, Tom Popo is a Japanese uh, take on spaghetti westerns. It is a ramen, a spaghetti, like, what? how would you describe this movie? A ramen western? A ramen western. Yeah, everyone knows that spaghetti westerns were westerns about spaghetti. Yeah, correct, correct. And but, so they continued yeah. that with the ramen western, where it is kind of a western spoof, western formatted movie, which uh, is about a ramen shop, and also about it. Also has several other vignettes within it that all are related to food and and food's impact on life. Yeah, there's a particularly mm-hmm disgusting cutaway that like I was truly repulsed by in this movie. We'll get to it when we talk about more I, about the movie, but um, I forgot that was in there. And when I watched it, I was thinking, uh, I should have warned Andrew about this, but I think <laughs> you watched it before yeah, me. I will talk, about, <laughs> we'll, we'll talk about it later, but, um, Max, do you want to get into why we decided to watch Tom Popo for this episode? Yeah. So this movie was a mystery movie from Andy Pease, uh, a previous guest on our show. He uh, was in the Spider-Man Into the Spider-Verse episode. He was in, uh, he later did the um, Tiptoes. And then I think this was his apology mystery episode for (laughs) Tiptoes, where he said, okay, we'll watch a movie that's actually good, one that he enjoys. But wait, why? Why? Tiptoes was good. (laughs) <laughs> but genuinely good this movie's genuinely good mm. intentionally good um but yeah he he it was the mystery movie and he introduced it as just a western he said this one will be a western and then uh him and i went and watched it um at central cinema but it was on a weeknight late at night uh after the after the theater closed, he had a friend who worked there, and so they they just played this. Uh, they kind of, like, did that. After they closed the theater, they would bring people in, some of their friends, and just watch movies in the theater. Um, and so we watched it one weeknight. Uh, you guys weren't able to join for that because it was in the middle of the week and pretty late. Um, but last year, uh, Andy passed away from cancer, and so we were never able to do this episode. Right after we watched the movie, he, he kind of got a bit sicker and didn't have the energy to really come on to do the podcast. And so I've kind of been putting this off for quite a while because I really didn't think that I could handle it. But uh, yesterday was Andy's birthday, and I figured we should yeah. do this episode for Andy. Yeah. Um, yeah, I, uh, yeah, 
I, we don't have to talk too in depth about it, but, um, I was, I was happy to like, you know, uh, we, not to get too in the, uh, in the, in the weeds about how this, how the, 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 why, why can't I think of it? Why, how the food gets made here, but like, we were going to do a different how episode. <laughs> I couldn't think of how the, whatever. So anyways, um, we were and, Andrew's, Andrew's showed his ass. He's never made anything. <laughs> Shut up. Shut up. Um, we, we were going to do a different movie. And then you brought up that, uh, in, in, you know, for Andy's birthday, we should do this episode and, you know, happy to do it. Like I knew that this was something that he really treasured a movie that he really liked. And I was, you know, happy to, you know, Obviously, we watched a different movie earlier. We'll talk about that on a different episode. But yeah, I I was happy to have watched this, knowing that this was something that he really liked. And yeah, yeah. And uh, fortunately, we have um, a little blurb that Andy wrote. He kept a journal of movies that he'd seen, and he wrote down his opinion of Tom Popo. And I'll I'll read that now. He said, "I love this movie. Every single part is just a lovely story about food." The main story is heartwarming and a great Western spoof. The gangster plotline gives the movie sex and lust, and the vignettes fill in the rest of life. One of the best. Well said. That, I, yeah, I, I think that's a pretty concise, well, well, a good way to put the movie. Um, I did, yeah. I did watch this movie a little bit, thinking, man, this is this is proto Seth MacFarlane in terms of like just cutting away to vignettes that have nothing to do with the actual plot of the movie. I mean, they, like the, the vignettes they cut away to, it's not like they are developing the plot. They're just more like developing sort of the ambiance and sort of like having a little break in the story. Uh, yeah. It's, they're just tangentially related. Right. Um, but I, there are, I, I have some like visual things about this movie that kind of, like grossed me out to the like and a uh, very specific one other than the uh, vignette that I sort of mentioned earlier. Um, but other than the things that sort of visually kind of grossed me out, like this was a, I like such a, an easy movie to watch. Uh, like, and like you said, just sort of a lighthearted, like feel good story. And, you know, I, I like, <laughs> his description of the of the vignettes being sort of sex and lust and like being this sort of like mm-hmm. thing that doesn't exist otherwise in the story of the movie you know there's not like a there's not a like a love aspect to the main story so like having these vignettes that have sort of like a, mm-hmm. a romance element to it kind of added that to the movie but overall like they they were sort of superfluous to the the plot they didn't really mean anything, but they sort of added, you know, nice little breaks in the movie and sort of things that don't distract away from the story either. Mm-hmm. I think the uh, the director wanted to kind of um, use food to be like our connection, one of those base things that humans need. And so he was also uh, throwing a lot of that stuff, the a lot of etiquette, a lot of... Um, a lot of the restrictions that we put on ourselves versus the things that we feel and don't admit to and those kind of things. He, he was throwing all of that in there. So he intentionally put in some of that stuff that would gross you out and put in some of that stuff that you find a little despicable. And then also put in that heartwarming stuff, the stuff that will up, uplift you just kind of have everything, have birth, have death, have all of it in, involved in there. Yeah. Oh. Uh, Rob, what did you think of the movie? Um, I really enjoyed it too. I think I probably, as you mentioned, there was um, a little bit of whiplash because um, we watched a different movie and then immediately, maybe we're the only people, I don't know if you guys watched the other movie already, but maybe I'm the only person who watched that movie and then this movie right afterwards. So, (laughs) Um, But I noticed the connections between the two. Uh, Yes. (laughs) Ah, mm, yes. Um, No, I I feel like it... um, I don't know. It, it colored it a little bit just because I was, it was just like a weird, if I had been sitting down for just for Tom Popo, I think it would have been different. Um, I I, I enjoyed it. 
But may, I mean, in a couple of weeks, but maybe we should mention what movie it is so people aren't just confused entirely. Oh, sure, I, if you guys want to. Yeah, go ahead. Yeah, we watched uh, Sonic the Hedgehog. <laughs> <laughs> the same. I mean, this is basically the same movie. Yeah, it was quite a bit of, of uh, a turnaround for that. And uh, sorry I made you guys watch that early. But uh, uh, yeah, I think it's worth watching this one instead. And then I thought, oh, no. Oh, not that. No, it just just that um, just that like if I had just like waited, because I think it's also going to be like free soon or something. But like if I had just like waited and said mm-hmm. it was like coming off of Sonic and then this uh, this beautiful uh, lauded film. Um, yeah, I think I really enjoyed I enjoyed, I think, the main plot a lot more than the vignettes personally. I, I think I agree. But then also those vignettes kind of stick with me after like. Having watched it a long time ago, a lot of that stuff I remembered were the the cutaway things. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I want to quickly say the cutaway that I was alluding to earlier that grossed me out is there. There's this like gangster and his girlfriend who are like in a room together, sort of having this romantic weekend or something. And there's a scene where they're sort of like you know checking out the the food on the table, and then he breaks an egg open. And then sort of like pours out the, the the egg white and then just sort of dips the yolk into his mouth. And then they take turns just like like it, going from one mouth like to snow, the other. They snowball it back and forth. It is truly repulsive and disgusting. And then like it sort of the yolk breaks in her mouth and it falls all down her chin and onto his suit, and it's just like it is. That scene was just disgusting. I like it. You know, Max was just like so stoked that he had to make you watch that. He was like, <laughs> "Yeah, hell yeah." That that's the scene you were talking about. I yeah. thought you were talking about the the turtle. That was that that scene. I okay. Uh, I because that was in like that's in the main story, right? That's like that happens to the main characters. Yeah. Um, yeah. That scene, I I actually did get. Uh, I got sick watching that like i i i i did uh i did vomit watching that i had to go i'm so i am so sorry that's okay that's okay i like it it grossed me out to the point where i was like kind of checked out from the movie for like another 15 minutes just sort of like i don't know what like i don't know what i i i don't i knew i didn't i didn't watch the real death of a turtle on screen but it was still like just the like huh? I I think you did, Andrew. They, you they did. killed a turtle on for the movie? I believe so. I mean, yeah. They I think killed this was soup. So yeah. This was made uh a while ago. Oh, there were different man. rules. Oh man. Uh oh. I'm having a real moral quandary right now about whether I like this movie or not. I mean, we you know, it's unfortunate I mean, it's unfortunate because but you know, people eat that. That was the ingredient in that thing, and unfortunately, they showed someone killing it. Luckily, it was like it was very quick, and like I was, I was disturbed as well, Andrew. And but thankfully, that's not like something they linger on. It, it's much more of a thank God. It's a movie more about the noodles and broth, right? <laughs> I guess. I, I I really wish you had not told me that. To oh no, no you guys. Uh, uh, can, keep- Keep making it worse. Yeah, I, I, uh, go continue with talking about the movie. I need, I, I need a second. Well, geez, uh, yeah, I, that part is brutal. I think it's probably supposed to be one of the those brutal things that they, they confront you with. Those uh, you you kind of have to see where the food is coming from, and all of that. But apart from that, I think it is a very fun movie. I think. Uh, if you if you do have the same sensitivity that Andrew does, and I think anyone is going to be disturbed by this uh, scene, regardless of how you feel, um, mm. but I think you can, if you've watched, if you've listened to this podcast, you can see when it's coming up, and you can uh, look away, turn turn away, and and watch something else, or avoid the movie altogether, if that's what it takes. But um, I did think that this movie did a, an interesting job of spoofing several different types of movies. The the most obvious one or the biggest one, I guess, is the Western, where they have the main character. He's got the bandana. He's got a cowboy hat. 
and he kind of comes kinda blows it down. Yeah, exactly. And then they they start this fight with a uh, rival ramen shop. Essentially, go over to the ramen shop, insult them, and say, "Hey, you should come over and try our our ramen." And then the four of them, the uh, the other uh, uh, ramen shop members, are like walking through the street playing some pretty uh uh thuggish music or whatever i don't know how to describe that but they're walking down um and it just that part feels like a western like like they're coming coming into town they're the the outlaws and uh and stuff's about to go down it it turns out to be a, a dream sequence but um but yeah, it just feels that same way. They also spoof Rocky when she's training. They're doing the training montage of her learning how to uh, make ramen. And for a couple of scenes, she's dressed up in the uh, gray sweats with the towel over her shoulder. And then she's uh, running down by the water while uh, her trainer is on the bike. Mm-hmm. Um, definitely, and I'm not... Uh, maybe we could talk about this, Max. I'm not personally like a huge ramen guy. Like I like a ramen, but I'm I'm unfortunately not like a huge soup person. I, I need more of a a solid uh, a solid uh, protein with my meal. That being mm-hmm. said, um, ramen is great, and good ramen is is like unmatched. And the ramen in this movie was very, very delicious looking. And Mm -hmm. even the ramen that they were complaining about sounded good. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. It really made me want ramen. It's hard to find good ramen around here. Sorry to to interrupt. There's a a good ramen place down in Ballard if you're ever in need of ramen. Is that the... um, I forget the name. Arashi? Arashi, okay, I think I have been there. That one is pretty good. There's another decent place in Bellevue that does both ramen and curry, and I usually get their curry, but I think their ramen is pretty good, uh, called Coco Izakaya 2.0 or something. Cool. Let's, uh, let's, let's, uh, I'm sorry to get us sidetracked on local ramen places, but let's get back to the, get back to no, the movie. That's, no, that's what I was just talking about anyway, was, uh, did you, did you find the ramen, uh, what, where, do you like ramen, number one, Andrew, and also did you find the ramen in the movie appetizing? I, I, I do like ramen, and there were points of the movie where I did find the ramen appetizing. I, to be, to, 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 uh, put some context on, I'm a vegetarian, so, like, when they were slicing pork and, like, uh, using a bunch of meat products like the the like chicken like the stuff they were using for the broth i that stuff was like unappetizing to me but like overall the like first 45 minutes of this movie made me very hungry like i was just like mm-hmm. i just want some fucking ramen while i was watching it because like i i just like even though they're using you know there's slicing pork and whatever like like even like putting that stuff aside i was able to like i was just like god i just want to like eat some ramen while i was watching this and then of course the 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 thing happened but um yeah there was a there was a point where uh the teacher goes to find his teacher and uh he's like kind of living on the streets and with a bunch of other people but they're all uh like food connoisseurs and they make some amu rice and they go through all like the, the the steps of making it and it looks fairly simple but like I don't know something about the way this guy fries it up and they just kind of hold it on the the pan for quite a while. And, uh, he does this neat technique where he just kind of taps the pan a little bit and flips the thing over and then puts it on the rice, cuts it. And it kind of just like opens up and it looks that part to me just looks so good. That part was awesome. I was just like, God, I wish I could just go and do that right now. But like, I know that like, there's not a, there's not a chance right like to be able to just like do that so in that technique that he did just like to be able to like yeah redo that scene like not a not a chance in the world i feel Sorry, like, are you are you talking about the one where they're they're cooking in the kitchen at night the, yeah the, they, they yep. sneak into the kitchen yeah, and then, then like the, security guard yes. like almost catches them and mm-hmm. and 
like right after watching it, I, I feel like I was making an omelet and I tried to do something like that did not work at all. <laughs> like, like the on screen. And I was just thinking, I wonder how many times they have to do that. If it's just like a single day, they're like, okay, I'm going to do this 15 times today. See if it works. Uh, just cracking egg after egg after egg, get two like three dozen eggs or whatever, and just go for it. It was also <laughs> or like it's a, just over years. It was also like a character that like did not have a lot of screen time and therefore didn't have a lot to act. So it could have just been like a chef, right? It could have just been like I think so. <laughs> yeah, like hey, you come it, in for a day, do this scene. You have to like rehire. You have to like recite like ten lines, and then you're done. Or even if that was an actor that you see most of the time, when they do the top down of just the pan, I'm sure that was a chef, <laughs> like sure, a, yeah. a real chef. Yeah. Um, and also, I we, don't. Oh, go ahead. I don't know a whole lot about um, musicals, but it seems like that was probably a spoof of at least some musical. The whole when he goes and uh, meets the the folks of the street who are really good at at cooking, they all seem to have really cheesy outfits on and just like lightly brushed dirt on their face and mismatching this or that. It just feels kind of like a stage play. And then by the end of it, they're like, they're all lined up on this, uh, a, a, a stairway and they sing a song to the, the sensei. So like, it just felt like a musical. Yeah. We also haven't mentioned very young Ken Watanabe in this movie. He was? Yeah, he was the... So the, the main guy who helps uh, Tom Popo, Goro, is that how you pronounce his name? Yeah. Yeah, his, yeah remember, he had, remember he had four arms. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, the guy that's in the truck with him is Ken Watanabe. Oh, gun. What? Yeah. I did not realize that. I didn't either. <laughs> that's really cool. He's barely in the wow. movie. Like He's just sort of like hanging out the truck at the beginning and then at the end of the movie. But yeah, that's, that's old Ken. He's in a lot of the yeah. rest of it. Cause he's, he's one of the five that kind of drinks the broth to make sure she's done the right thing. Yeah. He just, and doesn't, he doesn't, have, he just doesn't have a lot to do. Like for the most part, True. like Goro and Tonpopo are like the people who are like moving the story along. He just seems to be like in scenes while they're doing stuff. True. True. That's the true, true. That is the true, true. Yeah, um, yeah. So we, I, I don't know how you guys watch this movie. I watched it on the Criterion Channel. Which, if you're interested in watching this movie, you can get a free trial for 14 days and watch the movie, and then you don't have to pay for it. But, or you, if you want to pay for Criterion Channel, you can certainly do that too. Um, how did you guys? How did you guys watch this movie? If you watched it through legal means. Don't incriminate yourself, uh, and you can just say you watched the Criterion Channel if that's the case. Uh, I stabbed the guy and took his DVD, and and uh, oh, only the legal ones. I uh, yeah, yeah, I yeah, got uh, a DVD somehow. I think I, I just rented it on uh, Google Play this time around. I watched it again yet last night to remind myself because okay. it's been a, been a little bit since I watched it in the theater. Yeah, Rob, how about you? Uh, I think I just rented it through like YouTube. Okay. My preferred uh, video uh, service. <laughs> okay, good. I was trying to get out of both of you what your preferred video rental service is. Um, would you guys recommend people watch the movie? Of course. Oh yeah, definitely. It feels like. Um, I have to imagine this. Is, I mean, then I know this is in the pantheon of food movies for one, but I think that just for just for its connection to Western cinema, especially at the time, it's, it probably stands firm in a, in a, a lot of uh, film fans lexicons. So yeah, it's definitely a big recommendation. Yeah. It was so satisfying seeing, um, especially them planning like, Oh, you know, it's like the bar's too tall for Tom Popo. And like, this is not enough elbow room and space to actually sit and eat ramen. And then they like planned it all out. And then like, they're like, hey, we actually need two million, not, and you only have a million in the bank. But he was like, hey, honestly, if your ramen gets good and you just sell a bunch of bowls, like you'll pay me back in no time. It was pretty. It was very satisfying when it finally came together. Yeah, that's that's the kind of scene in a different movie that like he would overprice her, and then like knowing she would never make the money back, it would become like a plot point. But instead, like it just ends up being this thing where like he says you'll end up making the money back within like you know, you'll make this money in a week and then in a month, blah, blah, blah. And then like, she does it right. Like there's no, like, yeah. 
there's no like okay it's bit you know like whatever you know like fat tony you know doing like fixing up springfield elementary in the in the simpsons with no intention of actually doing the job but charging the money sort of thing that was an interesting um relationship too with it with one of the characters was that he when he's introduced, I don't remember the character's name, he's kind of like giving Tom Popo a hard time when Goro first shows up and like kind of like, hey, let me buy you out and I'll just like take over your crabby ramen shop and like then, you know, things will be fine. And then, it, you know, a, a, there's a fight after that. That character comes back later to do the interior design and sort of becomes like one of their members. It's It's funny that that's sort of like the person they bring into the fold that has to be like, that has like the, the actual conflict with them too. Yeah. Yeah. Strange, strange choice. Um, yeah, I personally am having a hard time giving it a, a hard recommendation <laughs> just based on the scene that we were talking about. Um, Absolutely. I uh, truly wish that scene didn't exist, but it does. So it, it's a it's a very it's a very good movie. The story's good. Um you know, again, like we talked about with Parasite, because it's in it's in Japanese, it's hard for me to say like everybody's acting really good, but like it's this heralded movie that like I I I can say that like with with almost certainty that everybody's acting good in the movie. So um, yeah, I I think if uh, if you're sensitive to what we talked about, which I am, try and you know the scene like you'll you'll have an idea of when the scene's coming. You can skip through it or just turn away. Um, if you can avoid that scene, I think it's, it's a very, very good movie. Yeah. Yeah. If you see a turtle, shut it off. Shut it off. Yeah. Shut <laughs> Close it your off. eyes. Get out of there. Unless you're watching a uh, teenage mutant Ninja turtles. Right. Shut it off. Keep it on. Then, yeah. <laughs> um, anything you guys want to say before we end the episode? Uh, happy birthday, Andy. Yeah, happy birthday, Andy! And you know, it's uh, I think this is, is fitting because this is a, a beautiful movie, and I'm happy he he introduced me to it. I'm yeah, I'm glad that it wasn't a total trash movie that we just had to shit on. Yeah, if this was like if this was like we're watching his surprise movie, we watched Tiptoes in His Honor. It would have been a much. Oh, I. I mean, Robert, you might have been pleased, but uh, yeah, if you guys want to just keep the record going, I'll do another uh, Tiptoes episode for Andy if you want. <laughs> He also, there is another podcast that he was on called The Movie Professors, where um, some of the episodes that he recorded are still coming. So they um, they did, oh, I'm forgetting what the first one they did was, um, but the second one they did was Barbed Wire, the most recent one that they did. The, the Pam so, Anderson comic book yeah. adaptation? Exactly. Uh, Andy had an interesting mix of, of really good movies and really shitty movies that he enjoyed. Hey, uh, uh, I've never seen Bob Dwyer, so I can't really say exactly. That, but, is, uh, that is evident by his appearances on this podcast. So That's true. That's true. Um, yeah, I, I will third your sentiment. Happy birthday, Andy. All right, that'll do it for us, and uh, we'll see you next time. Bye. Bye.